0: Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast on 5280 Sports Network. I'm Ryan Green, joined by Sean Drotar today. Sean, we are going to preview the Chargers-Broncos game. First game of the season, last game of the week. It feels like it's already next week with all the games over. Um, This podcast, of course, brought to you by Tap 14. Tap 14, uh, you got a few, just a few weekends left. Well, actually, no, summer's going to last forever. I think you're going to have all through at least November of rooftop, drinking of their 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. Seriously, just, uh, I, I know they sponsor the show, but it is one of those bars that I will literally recommend to anyone looking for that typical Denver outdoor bar experience. I don't. I, I assume it's the same with you there,
1: Sean. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm there all the time. I Like I, like, I consistently joke, I'm happy to have Charged me, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, you look at this Broncos game coming up, it does feel, it, it is so late in the week, the final of the doubleheader that they handle on Monday evenings. Uh, the Broncos are favored by three points. That is essentially favored, the home okay. field. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. that is. It's That's worth about is. three points. Uh, so this is what most people believe is essentially a, a pick'em game. And uh-huh. uh, I, I find that intriguing. The Broncos, historically, are really, really good home opening team, and when you go up and down their roster, everything looks pretty good. Now, they have some injury problems on defense that they're trying to deal with, but it still tends to, fairly or unfairly, revolve around the quarterback because when you go up and down the Broncos roster, that's the one spot where everyone looks at it and kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, I don't know
0: what we have. Right. Actually, we were uh, plugging CBS4 where I uh, produce on the weekends. We actually went through the Broncos schedule and looked at the – toss-up games we thought 50-50 it could go either way and almost the whole schedule is like that I think the final count was about seven 50-50 games and this was certainly one of them I I think this game really relies for me at least it seems like this game relies completely on the San Diego unknowns we know that they were hurt all last year we know that they're probably better than what they were last year but what will we see from them week one? Are we going to see that new team, or are we going to see that team that had all these injured players still trying to get their feet under them for this season? As as you know, <laughs> people may call me a traitor here, but I am almost as interested to, to watch the Chargers play as I am to see the Broncos finally get the season. Well, out of in the
1: way. Broncos' case, uh, it's something that's familiar to what you saw at the end of last year. In the Chargers' case, a team that finished last year was decimated by injuries. Yeah. And- and they are reasonably healthy now. So uh, you don't, you know, it seems like they've always had a problem keeping Keenan Allen healthy. They've always had issues. Uh, obviously, they're still dealing with injuries to their, uh, to their rookie wide receiver, Mike Williams, their, their first overall pick. Uh, but Phillip Rivers has plenty of uh, weapons at his disposal. Number one in front of him, and maybe I think the key to the game, uh, Melvin Gordon, their running back, who uh, finally
0: basically lived up to all the promise last year and is expected to be even better this year. Will you be able to tell the final score of the game from just seeing Melvin Gordon's final stats tomorrow?
1: Might be able to see who wins. I think that's a possibility. This is going to be a game that's, interestingly enough, it's going to be one on the ground. Because when you look at the receivers, the Broncos, yes, have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. We talk about the receivers that Philip Rivers has, including his two terrific tight ends, Antonio Gates, who's still getting it done, and Hunter Henry. But... I, I do think the running game is going to be the deciding factor for both these teams. The Broncos, for different reasons. Now, Phillip Rivers can throw the ball around whenever he wants to. He doesn't want to against Chris Harris Jr., against Aqib Talib, against Bradley Roby, unless he has to. The Broncos don't want to throw the ball at all, despite no, the fact they no, have they Donaldson don't. Sanders. Uh, those are guys that at this point, the offense is not really designed to take full advantage of those two players. So, uh in this case, when you look at how Gordon is going to run against the defensive line for the Broncos, it's going to be missing Jared Crick, one of their starters, going to be missing Zach Kerr, who is listed as the primary backup, both at end and at tackle. This is going to be a big part for the Broncos. They are going to have to find another way to scheme. You'll see a lot of Shelby Harris and an addition who played very well in the preseason. You're going to have to see the the middle linebackers, specifically Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis probably come up closer to the line than they'd like, which will probably leave Denver vulnerable to play action as well.
0: Absolutely. I think I, I do think that the running game like you said is going to be important. I think if the Broncos have 20 carries in the second half, that means that they probably win the game because that means Trevor Simeon isn't throwing to catch up. However, I think Trevor Simeon is going to be throwing to catch up. I I just, I don't know. I I, I didn't see the progression I wanted to in the preseason. I get that it's preseason, but I saw a lot of drives and just a few amount of touchdowns, which really just seemed like a, a deja vu of last year. That's almost what I'm expecting. But what do the Broncos do? Do you really trust the Broncos' run defense at all at the moment? Or do Zach Kerr and Jared Crick need to be in there to even have you have allow you to have any faith in them stopping Melvin. Yeah, I certainly
1: don't trust them now because we just haven't seen them get it done. Even the preseason, which you have to put very, very little stock into. But in the end of the preseason, they didn't look like they all of a sudden were looking like a top-tier run defense. And then you add the injuries to it, and and yeah, I think you're going to have some challenges there. So uh, I am concerned about the running game, and, and when we've watched teams beat the Broncos defensively, The best way to beat the no-fly zone and the best way to keep Vaughn Miller and and, uh, Shane Ray when he'll be healthy or Shaq Barrett, the best way to keep those guys off you is to run the ball Mm -hmm. and and to wear them down and to keep that defense on the field and make them tired. And I think that the secret's out about that, if it was a secret at all. And that's exactly what the Chargers will try to do, knowing that in their back pocket— they have a guy in Philip Rivers that
0: can go ahead and go to the air when they need to. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest question marks in this game is the San Diego Chargers defense. So I want to know from you: Will Von Miller or Joey Bosa finish with more sacks tonight? Ooh, wow! <laughs> uh, I look, we've we've seen both these
1: guys have big games. I am more concerned about the, the the Broncos offensive line than I am the Chargers offensive line, even though it's no no great shakes either. But uh, I, I suspect that there will be enough weaponry available to Rivers that they can scheme around Von Miller. I'm not convinced that that's the same situation for Bosa. On top of that, they have another fearsome rusher on the other side in Melvin Ingram. So I I guess I'm going to say that I expect Bosa to have the bigger game. Not that he's the better player, but just the setups and the matchups tend to work more that
0: way. So do you think San Diego's pass rush is going to be effective tonight? Oh, yes. Yes,
1: I do. (laughs) The only way to stop it, the Broncos have to find a way to run the ball, and they have to find a way to run the ball up the middle and, and early really and early on yeah. because see if you let if you let bosa and ingram sit on the outside and just go after Bowles and Mendelik watson at left and right tackle respectively they're going to get uh, things done it's a so to you have to make they have to make them <laughs> cognizant of the inside you have to make them feel like they have to guard the inside so matt paradis ron leary their new addition at right at right guard and left guard who by the way is still listed as of today on their depth chart as Max Garcia or Alan Barber, those three guys have got to really get things going offensively to make sure that C.J. Anderson and company, and it really is going to be C.J. Anderson and company, uh, when you talk about that running back core, can get the ball down the field, up the middle, something that the Broncos haven't been able to do, and they need to prove, by the way, on third and short. That they don't have to pass the ball. This team needs to be able on third and two or third and one to be able to walk up to any other team in the league and say, hey, guess what we're doing? See if you can stop it. The Broncos haven't been able to do it yet. And even in preseason, the early returns weren't promising. Right.
0: I, I thought during the preseason, especially on third and ones, you would see the difference in attitude from last year to this year. That's what they were talking about the whole offseason. That's why you draft Garrett Bowles. That's why you bring in Ronald Leary. You want this new attitude, this nasty attitude, and you still can't get a yard on third and one. That's why I want to see the Broncos run game effective early because if, if this is your new attitude offensive line, then... That attitude needs to dictate games. And if you can't do that from the first quarter and say, no, we're going to run it down your throat, try and stop us, here we come, then you've already become one-dimensional and you're relying on Trevor Simeon to get the ball out faster than Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram can get there. And like you were saying... That's just a recipe for disaster. Faster and on that, target that, that as really, as well. Yeah, that, that almost has me seeing Brock Osweiler jogging into the game already with, with Trevor going down from some type of blindside
1: hit. Now, the funny thing is that's one of the uh, the elephants in the room, right? The idea that, that Brock Osweiler uh, might be able to hop in at, at some point. Certainly they don't want it at week one. We don't know how long Paxton Lynch is going right. to be out, but the fact they signed Brock Osweiler makes you think it's going to be longer rather than shorter, probably at the very least until the bye. I I don't think the Broncos are going to do anything with Brock Osweiler tonight. I think Simeon could have a terrible game, and it's not going to make a difference. But if he does have an atrocious game, the the talk will be ramped up substantially starting really uh, tomorrow down at Dove Valley, because the Broncos are really a quarterback away from being able to compete with the Chiefs and the Raiders, both of whom looked phenomenal in their opening games. We saw the Chiefs. Uh, absolutely steamroll the Patriots, embarrass the Patriots at home. And then you see the Raiders take on one of the more intriguing teams in the AFC in Tennessee, a team that should be able to knock their uh, the Raiders' offense off kilter because they can run so well, they couldn't even run that well against yeah. the Raiders. So the Broncos' AFC west path looks to be very long and very difficult. So you really look at this game and I know it's week one and you try not to put too much stock into it but you don't want to lose any of these division games find yourself all alone in last place and right. down a division game after week one
0: absolutely yeah the Titans I thought were gonna be that sleeper team I think I still I think, think maybe they're they're gonna, they still will right like, I, feel, I still think they're gonna win the AFC but South the but Raiders I thought they were gonna really right good. right and, and people are gonna see the 26-16 final scoring it was just a 10-point game But the Raiders, it it, it wasn't more than just a 10-point game. And I think that's what was more impressive is that while it was just a 10-point game, I didn't really see any time during that game that the Raiders weren't going to win. I I always thought, oh, the Raiders are going to pull this one off. So, all right. The matchup I think we both agree that is going to be really big tonight is the Chargers tight ends against whatever the Broncos play at them. I expect the Broncos to run... A Three safety nearly the whole game because of those tight ends I think they're gonna want either Justin Simmons or Will Park shadowing one and Brandon Marshall shadowing the other Do you think that they can slow that down or is this just one aspect of the game that the Chargers are going to? Uh, excel in, and the Broncos are going to have to find their way around
1: it. I don't think there's any way to do it. Uh, keep in mind, of course, in the wake of T.J. Ward's release, the ability to stop that run with Melvin Gordon up the middle also is diminished somewhat, even though yep. uh, Justin Simmons is a very talented guy. You're talking about still replacing young? a multiple-time right. pro bowler. So yeah. uh, that's another thing that might come back and haunt the Broncos a little bit, the, the, the late move to release. T.J. Ward, but yeah, you're t- you hit it on the head. You're relying on young guys, Justin Simmons and Will Parks, talented players but second-year players. And the, the very nature of tight end, ever since Mike Ditka turned it into a, uh, an elite receiving position, uh-huh. is the fact that it's essentially unaccountable for on a defense. You have to be right. aware of where they are, but a good tight end is not really something you can stop. Uh, they're too fast for your linebackers, they're too big for your D-backs. Certainly, Antonio Gates is, is going to walk into the Hall of Fame at one point, and he's still getting, like I said, he's still getting the job done, but he doesn't have to do it all because uh, their young guy uh, out of Arkansas, originally Hunter Henry, has been fantastic, and I think we'd be talking more about him if Antonio Gates wasn't still there. So. He has those two guys, and and one of the two of them will be open at any point in time if they call the play. And then the scary part is that Henry in particular is a very good blocker. Gates is at least a willing blocker. It makes their running game more dangerous, too. This is a Charger team that can run a two-tight end set and do it without hurting their passing game. Mm. That's something that the Broncos don't run into very often.
0: Alright, so we went over all the rhetorical ways of the Chargers winning the game. What are the Broncos going to do well tonight that could get them the victory?
1: All right. well, we get into hypotheticals, I think what we need to do is the Broncos have to run. Run early, run Uh often, get success, get first downs, and do what teams try to do to the Broncos. Run Joey Bosa and Melvin Gordon tired, get them out, so they're exhausted by the end of the game. And you do that by wearing them down, you do that by running the ball. The Broncos will have to be judicious when they pass. I think early on they probably need to take a deep shot to Sanders or Thomas for no other reason but to back the Chargers off and remind them that they can do that. But the Broncos are going to need to have an effective offense that is not flashy. Mm -hmm. They need to go ahead and just churn first downs and and keep that clock rolling. To me, that's the best way they they can win the game. The defense... I wouldn't say I'm not worried about it. I am, but we know what they have there. We know what they can do there. Unfortunately, I'm not sure the run defense, given either the injuries or the additions, is going to be that much improved. But that means they're still no worse off than they were last year in general. So the defense, I think, can at minimum hold their own. Yeah. Phillip Rivers has uh, been sacked 57 times uh, against the Broncos over his career. That's the most of any team, so you know he's thinking about that. But to me, it's that running game. You have Jamal Charles, you have C.J. Anderson, you have D'Angelo Henderson. You need to use all those
0: guys. Rotate them in. Keep them fresh. Keep the clock moving. Absolutely. that's that's That, that was what I was going to say. I think the Broncos can actually run the ball. I, I think they're going to need to try, and I think they're going to meet the most resistance in the first quarter because I think that's what the Chargers are expecting. But I think you have the stable of running backs this year to actually just – keep trying you know it, it used to be all right we'll, we'll try and get cj some carries oh he got stuffed a bunch now let's just throw for the rest of the game. right
1: because now you're like all right fine now we'll get jamal
0: some carries right that's not we'll try d'angelo yeah i mean you but, talk about going up the middle why, why not run a draw with d'angelo henderson we've seen how effective that is in practice and preseason this year so i i would hope that they at least give d'angelo a few carries um and so yeah so i think at the end of the day Since we both agree that it's going to come down to the run game on both sides, I think time of possession is going to be huge. So, like you said, if you're not... I don't expect this, this Broncos offense to score a ton of touchdowns, but if you're taking a lot of time off the clock and at least getting yourself in a field goal range and getting field goals, I think that's going to be really beneficial, and if you finish the game with 35-plus minutes of time of possession, I think the Broncos win. I think that's the goal. I think that's what you need to do. You have to get the
1: Chargers off the field and keep your offense on it, and I think that's a very good point. The Broncos can't give up on the run, even if it's not successful in the first place have to mix and match. In this
0: case, you have to keep running your head into that brick wall until the brick wall comes down. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, the only parts we didn't uh, break down were the special teams kickers against kickers. Uh, whatever. You know, we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
1: the, the Broncos yeah. do need to keep yeah. an eye out, though. We know that Isaiah McKenzie brings a little spark to the return game. That's all well and good. And it'd be great if the Broncos could pop a return, flip field position. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The biggest concern for me is that the Broncos' kick coverage
0: okay gets we, better than it was last year. it's been a shaky. Right. Yeah. It,
1: it, it needs to get a lot better than it was last year. It's been shaky even in the preseason. The Broncos need to make sure that you do not give... Uh, the Chargers are short field. The best way for the Broncos to win, but their defense being first and foremost, is you make teams go 80 yards against that defense time and time again, and then you like your chances, but you can't afford to give them any freebies, any easy yards in the return game.
0: Okay. Uh, what's the final score tonight's game?
1: I have it 23-16... to 16.
0: Chargers. Oh, Sean. And I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. <laughs> I have it 24-20, to 20, but I don't know which team is the 24. I, I oh, that's <laughs> a cock up. That's a cock up. Pick one. Pick one. No, you can't right, do I'll that. Go, I'll, I'll go Broncos just because they're just historically good in season and home openers. I think if, if the game is 50-50, I'm always going to take the home field advantage, especially in week one, uh, unless, of course, you're the Patriots. So, that's, that's – all right, 24-20, Broncos – but I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers do come in and get the win.
1: It'll be a fun scene, obviously, the, the final game of the season. Uh, Rex Ryan and Beth Mullen's on the call. If you're watching on television, then if you're there, uh, you know, hey, cheer your, cheer your head off, and you'll need it to stay awake because this game's not going to end until midnight.
0: Yes, and if you see Rex Ryan, I hope you have closed toe shoot. Um, so that will do it for the Broncos Blitz. The game tonight starts at 8.30 Do you expect to stay up for the whole game there, Sean? Of course I Okay, gosh,
1: I'm a professional, right? That
0: that may affect his morning show tomorrow morning on Mile High Sports Radio. Uh, But once again, thanks to Tap14. That's tap14.com, spell out Tap14, for sponsoring this podcast. Again, 70 Colorado Draft Beers, 100 Distilled Colorado Spirits. Great place to pregame and definitely a great place to postgame drink as well. Either sad drinking or happy drinking. Great place to do it. All right, that'll do it for the Broncos. Blitz for Sean Drotar. I'm Ryan Green. This has been a 5280 Sports Network production.